Yeah, hello everyone. Here is Chloe and the Web3 Friends show. So this is a unique gateway to the world of the Web3. So I'm Chloe. So this show will bring you close closer to the herd of the Web3 industry and offering the first-hand insights from the partners who are shaping this revolutionary field. So from the professionals in exchanges to innovative startup entrepreneurs, we explore their journeys, their win points, and also their latest trends in Web3. So whether you are an aspiring uh, Web3 enthusiast or a startup entrepreneur, I think this show is designed to keep you informed and inspired. So today we are so happy and honored to invite Jelly to our show. Jelly is a co-founder is Anflux. So hello, Jelly, and uh, let's of our audience to know more about you and also your project. Yeah, Chloe, nice to nice to see you again. So I'm Yella, I'm the co-founder of Enflux, and we do the, the typical market making uh, for crypto projects as a service. Um, so we're focusing on transparency because, you know, Web3 is all about don't trust verify, but we often say who verifies the market maker. So we mm -hmm. kind of trying to bring that back to, you know, the, the Web2, kind of like the centralized exchange part as well. I've been doing that for market making for over three years now, actually. First started then as an, as an amateur running Hummingbot minor campaigns, basically. Hummingbot is an open source software for market making and high frequency trading, coding my own algorithm bots. Worked for another market maker, mostly on the trading side. At one point, I had all the skills and knowledge to kind of build it myself. And I saw an opportunity to basically, um, you know, bring more transparency to, you know, Web3 market making as a service. So that's what we're doing right now. Well, I, I can't wait to ask you more questions because transparency and liquidity management is pretty important for a project. And uh, as a market maker, can you explain what the market maker do and also why it's important for a project? So market makers are not specifically important, but liquidity is super important in the market. I mean, imagine having a Uniswap pool where there's no liquidity deposited into a, into a pool. That's almost useless. Where a market maker comes in, at least for us, we're mostly focusing on centralized exchanges because Uniswap is an automated market maker pool. Basically, the market making is being taken care of. The liquidity management is being taken care of. But if you go to a centralized exchange, there's an order book. And how liquidity is managed is by basically filling up an order book with orders, limit buy and limit sell orders. So if people want to buy buy from the first sell order in the book and also the other way around without limit buys and limit sell orders that fill up those book it's going to be really hard for people to actually interact with the project buy or sell because there's no counterparty to a trade yeah. so simply what we do is as a market maker we get access to the account of the client with apis and we constantly tell the market like hey we're offering the sell we're offering the sell we're not selling but the moment someone wants to buy we're going to be the counterparty and for Bitcoin, that you know, it's not really needed to to have our service in a way, right? Or a market maker. There's a lot of market makers on there already that do it for either profit or you know just to provide more liquidity. But if you want to buy, there's always a seller. But for some of the markets that we manage are so small that if you take away a market maker, mm -hmm. there is no market because if you want to buy and there's no counterparty, no limit sell order in the order book, mm -hmm. you cannot trade. Or if you want to trade, you get these large wicks on the on the chart. So that's what we're trying to manage. And it's called market making because without us, there's basically no market. So we make the market for the clients so people can easily purchase and interact with the project, buy and sell. Wow, that's cool. So the 
uh, as you just introduced, I I can understand that the market mapping maybe it only works for the centralized exchange. It doesn't work for the decentralized exchange, I think. Yeah, it that's that's true in a way because the typical market making is about creating a healthy trading environment for users by placing these limit orders on the book. Mm-hmm. And on Uniswap and the DEXs, this is mostly being taken care of. Yeah. Unless you go to a central limit order book DEX, like mm-hmm. uh, uh, I think Polka DEX is, is, I think, one of the newer ones. They, they have a decent, or DYDX is another one. They have a decentralized platform or exchange but it's still with limit orders that you have to put on the book and that's where a market maker like us with apis that is trading is still needed the second you know reason why a market maker is needed on dexes is because it might be that um the price on a decentralized exchange like pancake or uniswap is higher than the price on uh on the centralized exchange Mm-hmm. And if that's the case, you of course need to trade them, sell on the pancake swap, and buy on the centralized exchange to make sure these prices are aligned. Because if there's price efficiency, that's generally better for a project, and people are more interested in buying, you know, against the fair price. So we also run algorithms to make sure that these prices are aligned, so users can easily buy or sell a token at a fair price. Yeah, that's pretty important because you need for the one project, you need to keep a kind of the stable price on the exchange sales and so it's important to kind of help them to build a strong branding and attract more users and also the individual investors to buy the tokens well and the one thing that you say is the the attract users in a way and the the goal of market making is not you know generating huge profits or liquidating as many tokens in the market as possible. The primary goal for market maker is to create a healthy trading environment for users, okay. so users can easily buy, which boosts adoption. But also investors, if there's more liquidity, investors can more easily buy. An example is if you want to buy one million dollar of Bitcoin, you can because there's also a million dollar of sell liquidity in the book that they can buy from. Yeah. For smaller projects, it's not about having millions of dollars in the order book, but it's even about having, you know, three hundred, four hundred, a thousand dollars in the order book. So investors can more easily trade, you know, larger sizes of, of orders as well, rather than only ten, twenty dollar orders. Wow, that yeah, that's cool. So are there a different types of market makers and uh, how they're different? Yeah. So I kind of categorize them in, in two main ones. You have the for-profit market makers and you have the kind of like the service market makers, mm-hmm. where the for-profit market makers are doing it for a profit. They might trade with their own capital. They um, they get hired by exchanges sometimes, but the primary goal is to make a profit. They're kind of like these hedge funds. They either you know deploy some directional trading strategies together with placing limit orders on the book or high-frequency trading strategies to make sure you know that they profit from price differences on exchanges. Yeah. The second part, and that's where we kind of come in, is as a service. So exchanges or not, we don't really work with exchanges, but some market makers do. But we work with token projects. They hire us. We trade on their accounts as a service to provide that liquidity. So you have the ones that do it for profit, more like the hedge fund type trading. And you have the non-profit, more as a service type to token projects. And that's what we're about. Within that, you have two more categories. I would say you have the ones that simply do it for a monthly retainer fee. And you also have the one that do it based on like a token loan option model where they borrow the tokens, trade for profit, 
and there's less surface level agreements inside of that. We're focused more on kind of a simple retainer model where we actually just get a monthly fee for managing their markets and creating a healthy order book. Does wow. that make sense? Yeah, I think that pretty makes sense because I think these two kinds of the market makers and also has a pretty, pretty close relationship with that the token and the, you know, for the one project. So yeah. you, in conclusion, to briefly introduce, okay, why the market making is important for the one project? Because I think you already mentioned some points and I want to, you will make a conclusion uh, for this. Yeah. yeah. So, so how I explain the added value of liquidity or market making in, mm -hmm. in kind of like the whole, for the whole yeah. project is like, Success of a project is a combination of, or a, a formula of fundamentals. So does it really solve a problem? Is it needed by the market? Second one is marketing. It is a multiplication multiplied by marketing because without marketing, no one knows that you're, what problem you're solving and how you're operating. Mm -hmm. Multiply by liquidity. And liquidity is important because without liquidity, people cannot easily participate and buy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I sometimes give an example, like just imagine securing the Ethereum network while there's no liquidity or no one really to buy from, yeah. or there's, you, you cannot easily purchase a million dollar of Ethereum to, to stake it basically. Mm -hmm. So we take care of the liquidity part and the project often take care of the fundamental slash market making part. But what we believe in is it's a multiplication, right? That if you take away the liquidity side of things, or if you take away the marketing side of things, if you score a 10 out of 10 on fundamentals, um, a, a 0 out of 10 on marketing, and a 10 out of 10 on liquidity, you're still not going to be as successful as if you focus on all three pillars, basically. Where I believe fundamentals is probably the most important one, but liquidity is definitely important because then people can easily participate, yeah. buy the token, and actually use it for the specific use case. And then to add on top of that, I don't want to go too deep into it, but Market makers, I believe, because they have such a specific role in those three pillars, I do believe they have, it's super important for them to kind of communicate with the team because they have specific knowledge that small cap projects or, you know, mid cap projects often don't have themselves. Mm -hmm. So rather than just providing a single service only, I think it's important for the market maker to really engage with the team and talk to them. And it's more collaborative. Definitely. We often... You know, it's called market making as a service, but I prefer to call it market making as a collaboration where you actually collaborate with the project and help them even outside of, you know, just providing liquidity on exchanges. Yeah, I think uh, in my view, it's like, as you just introduced, like you know, the two main things are important for the one project. So one is the fundamental, the kind of the, uh, kind of the, maybe the marketing or the branding is kind of the thing. And another Another one is like the transparency and the liquidity management. Yeah. I think this is another pretty, pretty important for the uh, project who launched the token, right? Yeah, and, uh, exactly. Yeah, especially for lots of the projects. And uh, actually, they don't have the professional market-making team. So they need to, they need the third party to help them. So even for them, how they can uh, choose uh, maybe a maybe adaptable uh, marketing making team for the so what's important to consider when they hiring a market maker yeah i mean i'm i'm biased in this way right because i'm a market maker myself so i yeah. i tell you i'll probably tell you the things exactly. that you should look at because <laughs> those are the things we focus on mm -hmm. but i think it's not so much only about the things that you should focus on but also the things that kind of like more like the the red flags that you could see of like 
are they talking about specific price targets that it will hit or yeah. about amount of liquidation that will do profit that they can generate in some form of way? Because don't forget profits that the market maker is able to generate, you know, which yeah. for us is not a primary goal. Primary goal is to create a healthy market. But those profits come from somewhere. And that's especially that comes from the community, the users, the, yeah. the retail traders. So that's really important. So look out for those red flags of like that are pumping or dumping a token specific price targets, et cetera, those type of like things. Yeah. And then the second thing that I think is really important is the transparency. And that's where you know, we're focusing on is yeah. we try to like provide the projects with the tools and the knowledge to verify our performance. So we first of all explain and what are kind of like the metrics or the objectives that we set in terms of depth, spread, et cetera. Yeah. And then after that, we actually uh, provide them with a dashboard so they can literally track everything every second. Mm -hmm. every minute they can go back five days ago they can go back a month to see literally what was happening on the markets mm -hmm. and what we were doing in terms of providing liquidity mm -hmm. wow that's cool so I, I think i think the transparency side is really at least for us really important and you want to make sure that you know yeah the mark that the market maker is willing to give that for free right at least provide that information because otherwise the market maker can do anything they want and there's no way for the project to actually find out what the market maker was doing Mm -hmm. or how they're really performing uh -huh. wow yeah that's cool yeah i i i really impressed with the you just talk about the, the the dashboard even for a project so that really pretty clear for them mm -hmm. to, okay uh what kind of the thing they need to get involved or what kind of the thing they need to okay develop more or something like that so yeah. even like i want to talk more details about the for the project the like the maintain the, the transparency management like so how do these kind of the web3 projects manage their digital assets to where the maintaining of transparency and the, even the decentralization because you know web3 is a decentralized world right kind of the thing yeah and uh, are there any successful case studies you can share i mean if i i think in general um, I mean, everything is on the blockchain, but still in terms of like, for example, treasury management, how much tokens the, the project has, has in their treasury, mm -hmm. there's stuff going in and out, but they might not be really telling the community what's happening with the tokens that go out of their treasury, potentially. Mm -hmm. But, you know, going back to the market making and the transparency, one of the, the things that's kind of like a success story, we've not been able to solve it, but we, we have been able to at least identify the issues. We're talking with a consultancy firm that had, mm -hmm. I think, four projects under their wings in a way. And they were managing the liquidity or the market maker. So they were hiring the market maker and managing that with them. Mm -hmm. um, we started tracking their markets in with our tools. So we can see the liquidity metrics like spread, like 2% depth, 5% and 10% at any given second and over time. Mm -hmm. And we literally found out that our market maker was doing nothing but just sending invoices every month that we could see that because we could literally find out how much they're putting on the order book, what the spread was at any given point. And for, I think, almost all four of the markets that we're managing for all the projects, there was just no liquidity. So it mm -hmm. seems like, you know, they were doing nothing. Mm -hmm. So we kind of showed it to this project or to this consultancy firm that were a little bit like, oh, we didn't even know that. Uh, I think they got rid quite, you know, quickly uh, of this market maker and hired a new one. Unfortunately, not us because they had some inside communication or connections with someone. But I think that's at least one success story of where the transparency can bring projects. And I hope for most of the projects out there that they have a market maker where this transparency is not needed. 
and in a lot of the, the things in the world. But, you know, it's not about trust. It's about verification, right? Don't trust verify. And at least having the ability to do so is important. Yeah. Uh, yes, I can see that. Uh, so there is no any kind of the relationship between the transparency and decentralization, right? And uh, if we mention the decentralization for the market making, so it's more like the market making to provide a support to the transparency, even on the centralized exchange. So yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter with the decentralization. <laughs> yeah, that's what I understand. <laughs> No, that's that's true, and I think it's really. I think that's a really important thing that you're mentioning there. Where, I mean, DEXs are awesome. You can see who's trading what wallets, uh, and I mean, of course, people can do crazy practices like having 20, 30 wallets and do some some weird stuff. But at least on centralized exchange, there's no way to figure out what's really happening on the markets mm -hmm. because the, the exchange doesn't give it for free, and we just track the data and as much as we can give free to the to the projects or clients we want to give it to them it does not only give them the, the the ability to verify us but also the second thing is it gives them you know useful insights about how their market is behaving is. um which we need to have ourselves to manage their markets but of course it's also nice for projects to kind of see what's happening on their markets and how they're growing mm -hmm. yeah well i think maybe the market making something is like you know in the web3 it's a we call it the decentralized world kind of the thing okay right and yeah. even the one project why they do the market making the most important thing is like on this decentralized world they manage their kind of the transparency to build the trust with their maybe the individual investors or the big investors like that because the one thing the investor really focus on it's a price of your token, right? And uh, once you keep that the stable and you make you manage a good transparency and you can give them, okay, wow, this is a good project and they can manage this very well. And okay, I believe this, maybe I will invest more, right? <laughs> True. No, I mean, the I think where the invest more comes in is... Uh, mostly about liquidity because again for bitcoin yeah. you can easily purchase a million dollars without any issues but for yeah. most of the project it's going to be really hard for all small small yeah. cap project to even buy five thousand dollars without moving price significantly mm -hmm. and that's where liquidity comes in we provide that so not not only your your friend who has fifty dollars to spend can purchase that token Mm -hmm. But also an investor that has $10,000 worth to spend can slowly get into a position on your token because they really believe in what you guys are doing. And the moment you don't have that amount of liquidity, meaning people can easily buy your token, it's going to be really hard to attract at least the larger investors yeah. that want to purchase your token more easily. Yeah. So manage a pool and build a pool is pretty important even for them. Uh, the market making this one aspect for the one project but i have a question it's like yeah. uh, if we do the and manage the market making on the centralized change but we all know everyone they can build that the pool on the dex right yeah. and if they have your tokens and all, all the usdt or something any other tokens they can build the token pairs on the decentralized exchange so do you think if they build the pool on the decentralized exchange does it has any influence on the um, transparency management on the centralized exchange? 
not really on the transparency management. Um, so liquidity management. I, Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, liquidity management for sure. Because again, uh, these prices need to be tied together. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah. there are two things. What we, what we offer, how we kind of manage the the market making side of things. If the Uniswap pool or the pancake swap pool has the way by far the most amount of volume, we call it a leading exchange. Oh, yeah. Whatever hap- what we do on the centralized exchange, we just follow whatever happens on the DEX. If the DEX goes up, we make sure that the centralized exchange price goes up. It could also be that the centralized exchange is the leading exchange for small cap project where most of the volume is. And what we need to do then is make sure that if the centralized exchange price goes up, we need to trade this price up as well. The pancake swap, the Uniswap price, to make sure these prices move together and are aligned. Oh yeah. So that's that's how they kind of affect each other. What I do think is always really important, and that is, there there are projects out there that don't have a Uniswap pool or a pancake swap pool or on their respective you know chain that they're on. But I I do believe that, you know, crypto is about decentralization. Yeah. And it doesn't make sense to have only a centralized exchange listing yeah. because, you know, people, if people buy your token or they want to use your token, really want to use your token for a specific use case, mm-hmm. you don't want to have to go to a centralized exchange, withdraw it, and then use it. You just want to purchase it right away on PancakeSwap, Uniswap, or whatever pool, uh, whatever chain, uh, so you can use it right away. So I would always say for real adopters, you need to have a Uniswap or a PancakeSwap pool. Mm-hmm. For more speculators and to get more attention and for marketing, get on a centralized exchange, but pick only a few. Your decentralized exchange is for the really the adopters that want to use your token for the use case and make sure you have that one. Uh-huh. Yeah, but you know, the one thing I just mentioned, I just think of that is like, I think also the listing the strategy also has an effect on the market making, right? You know, uh, I don't know whether it has a relationship, you know, but you know, lots of the projects, they talk with us, like they ask us, uh, should I go to the listing of the DAX firstly or go to the centralized hint firstly? And yeah. because they need to manage their liquidity management or something like that. And do you have any idea about this question? <laughs> I, again, I think a DEX is more important because we're in crypto, we're in in, decent, in a decentralized world. Get mm-hmm. on your DEX first because that's important for the real adopters that want to, mm-hmm. you know, buy your token and use it. Make sure you're there first and then move over to a centralized exchange oh. if you're ready to scale up and do all the marketing activities around that. I think that's a really, that's, that's at least how I would approach it mm-hmm. from also from a standpoint that we're in Web3, we're in the decentralized world. First decentralization and then maybe at a centralized exchange rather than the other way around. Yeah, that's pretty makes sense. That's pretty makes sense. Yeah. So, yeah. uh, you know, uh, I want to ask. So, for lots of the um, projects, and do you have any advice and to give that the Web three entrepreneurs even even especially for those who issue their tokens in the early stage of their projects? Yeah. Yeah. So for yeah. sure, I think I have two major ones. Um, your your token, your project is not a token price. That's not the same. Yeah. Your project is is fundamentals and solving a real world issue. Yeah. And and the second one I think is really important is your token should solve a real problem. If you can do it without a token, don't just integrate a token because you need to, you feel like you need to. 
it might sometimes even harm it, right? It cause any more friction. Mm-hmm. And there was one uh, example of a of a project that had um, I don't know, it was something happening where you know people who they they paid in dollars, it was converted to the token, and then if you wanted to withdraw it, it's being converted back to dollars again, so you can have it on your account. Mm-hmm. And in my opinion, that adds a little bit more friction because the token didn't solve a real solution problem because you can yeah. still. You can just have dollars coming in, dollars going out. There's yeah. no there's no need for that conversion to that token in between, yeah. right? And it causes more friction because a lot of Web2 users, they don't even want to ha- interact with a token. Mm-hmm. They're like, I just want my dollars back on the account. Yeah. So make a token or design a token such that it solves a problem that could not be solved without anything decentralized or centralized. Yeah. That's where you're building strong fundamentals for your token. Yeah. And then focus on fundamentals of the project and token price will follow. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Whether your token and your project to deliver the true value to this industry and to each of your users like that. Yeah, so exactly. I think maybe as an early stage and uh, of the one project, I think tokenomics design is also pretty important, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, tokenomics design comes uh, is together with with designing the token such that it solves a real problem yeah and there's a real there's a demand function for your token and there's yeah. a supply function like why do people want to buy and why do people want to sell yeah. you cannot just give rewards or keep giving tokens out without there being a need to buy the token because that's unsustainable yeah. but what, what was your question i'm interrupting you uh, yeah <laughs> it is uh yeah so all this question, we talk about the project, right? So my next question is about the outcomes and even for the beginners and even for the individuals. And if they want to like, uh, uh, what, the, the, what, the, what are the, the key digital asset management and recommendations for them? And even if they want to buy a token or something like that, and um, even what the resources and tools can help them to better understand and to manage their digital assets for the individual if they want to buy or to invest to a to a project or token yeah well uh, i would say two things um make sure you get yourself familiar with anything decentralized use a metamask wallet interact with protocols etc to really understand how that works mm-hmm. and and if you wouldn't use it as an investment vehicle Mm-hmm. So crypto should not only be an investment vehicle because yes, you can buy a token because the price goes up, but also most of the people should actually buy it for the use case again. And I think the second thing that's really important is um, try and understand if, if if possible, who has, at least from an investor's perspective, who has tokens and are they allowed to sell or something? Because price will go down if big holders sell or if projects start to sell. Yeah. And they and the price will keep going down. And and if you can somehow investigate that and mm-hmm. see who has it and are they allowed to sell, how much does a project kind of push back into the market in some form of way? Mm-hmm. You can figure out whether this is a, a dying project that only price will go down or if there's an opportunity for price to go up. Because if there's too many sellers in the market, price will go down. If there's lack of sell liquidity, meaning sell pressure in the limited yeah. order book, price is more likely to go up. And I think that's where a lot of people can, you know, it's not a can prevent themselves from, you know, losing a lot of money by holding a token that's only going down. Yeah. So even for them, the first thing is like they need to be very clear about the 
project? What what is is okay? What yeah, they, yeah, yeah. What what was their vision or the mission or something like that? Even the roadmap, roadmap, uh, even their toponomic, even to read their white paper to know okay what this project is, and then yeah, exactly. They, and then to say, okay, maybe you can say that on the exchanges, what, how their liquidity management, whether they are worthy to in investing something like that. But you know, mm -hmm. I think before all these tools of the scene, they need to know. Okay, they need to learn more about the Web three, right? <laughs> exactly. Do do that first, and then start investing, or or do maybe both, but do it with a very small amount so you have some skin in the game and don't go full in right from the start. I've had yeah, a you, yeah, I think because this yeah, is this is what's this is what's happening. Friends of mine got involved in crypto. They're okay. just like, oh, I'm just gonna buy some. And then they sell at a loss. And literally who is profiting from all those small losses is the big institutions that are smarter than you yeah. that actually, you know, take that profit off the table. And that's for a lot of people. That means they can earn a lot of money in a way because they yeah. do okay. know where price will go and make the smart decisions. So I think maybe even they will not to build their own project, but they still need to know, okay, What's a project, the fundamental thing, and uh, how they manage their asset or the liquidity, and then they can do okay, do some of the investments very well, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Okay, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, has so the last question is pretty relaxing. It's like, uh, how do you foresee the development of the Web three in the coming years, and do you have any plans to have you in mind? <laughs> um. It's a really good question, and I try to answer it about the uh, mm -hmm. from my perspective, and I don't want to yeah, do is. any uneducated like 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 spit it out in the world. What I hope is that the narrative will change. Uh, I believe there's a lot of people in here right now. I, I I call it a big pie, right? And the pie in the bull market grows because there's more people interested. It shrank right now. But within that pie, you have two types of uh, people. You have the adopters, the people that really use it and, and understand crypto. Yeah. And you have more of the people that just come in and speculate and trade. Yeah. The ratio of traders to speculators, speculators to adopters is too skewed, in my opinion. We have too many people in it for the money, not enough people in it for the real fundamentals. Yeah. That has to grow. We need to have a bigger part of the pie that's really in it for the fundamentals and less about speculation. And the second thing is founders need to keep building something that solves real problems. Yeah. And if those things together happen, the uh -huh. pie will grow, hopefully. And then yeah. maybe there's a new bull market as well, so the pie will grow even further. But that's what I hope to see in, let's say, one or two years from now. Uh, yeah. On the other side, <laughs> on, on the centralized exchange side, what I hope to see and what I think in, in five years from now needs to happen is where centralized exchanges are more a bridge between the centralized world and the decentralized world. Because right now, they are in some form of way, but not really. Where they're not is because everything that happens there almost stays there. There might not be enough in and outflow of tokens going to a decentralized wallet. But what is really cool to see is, on I think on Binance, you can buy Polkadot and you can use that Polkadot to vote on the parachain auctions. Mm -hmm. That's where they actually bridge a centralized exchange to like the decentralized world where you can use the tokens in a safe manner in the decentralized world. Same for staking ETH. I mean, I think, I think you can put it in a pool, on a Binance pool, and then it's still being used. Mm -hmm. 
I hope to see more of that. That centralized exchange will really bridge it where tokens can be used within the centralized exchange for its use case rather than just a trading vehicle over there. Yeah. So do you have any plan? <laughs> the... my, yeah, my my plan is to, I mean, I think there's a lot that needs to be done in terms of, you know, letting projects understand the 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 transparency in crypto market making. Um our goal as a market maker is we're, we're just a service provider to these guys. We're just supporting them, right? Mm -hmm. To do as good as a job as that we can, help them out wherever needed, even outside of market making, bring transparency, doing a good, fair job. So they have a higher probability of succeeding. Yeah, That's what we need to come in. So our goal is just to support the projects and help them succeed. Mm -hmm. And we mostly do that with market making and anything around that if they request or if we can find something that we can help them with. Well, so we just got to keep on building. Yeah, keep building, support yeah. the more products, and uh, the bull market will come, right? In exactly, one yeah. or two years, I believe that. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Okay. What, what do you think? What are your plans? Wow, that's a pretty good question. Like, uh, you know, for the right now, I'm keep building as you, <laughs> as you are doing, and building the Tomato 72. And because what are we doing is like all services in one platform. We think on this, even on this stage of the whole Web3 industry, as you just introduced, lots of the projects, they need to focus on what's the true value they can deliver to their, to the whole industry and even to the users or to the investors like that. And even for the right now, lots, I think most over 90, 100% of the project as a startup. So that's also the, what are you doing? And also what are we doing? It's like to support them. Once they got a they want to develop more and they all need the third party's assistance. Cause you know, right now with the AI coming to all the of the world, the startup cost is pretty low. Even the one person mm -hmm. or the three, two person or three person, they can build a one project. But once they want to develop more and they want to manage their tokens very well. So they need the help with your company and also with the help of the Tomato 72. So we keep For building sure. this. And also the one thing I really agree with you, what you just said is like provides a true value to the whole industry. So that's also what the Tomato 72, so Tomato 72 we're doing. It's like they can buy the services or purchase the services and also the join our offline events or the events by paying the TMT. So that's what are we doing? And then they can get the extra bonus by the TMT. They can build their own profile on our platform. And mm -hmm. all the things and all the ecosystem what are we building is the, the core is the TMT, the token. Yeah. There's so a value of the token. I think also really to match what you just said is like the token, the value, right? And once you go to the listing on the DAX, or even the central lag change. And uh, yeah, the one side is like your token has a true value. And the another side, you have very professional manage liquidity management, like your company do doing. Uh -huh. Then wow, you can say, okay, lots of maybe the investors will check them or to get the grid, the management of this. So that's yeah. what we're doing. And, you, you, uh, need, you, you need that, you need both. Yeah, we need both. And uh, later on, and we keep that to building uh, more, I think the service ecosystem, that's what are we doing? And that's also what are we focused on? 
And also the one thing I think you mentioned is like we are we are focusing on the web two these kind of uh, projects also the individuals because lots of per web two projects they talk with us they want to upgrade and move to the web three this is a huge market and also True. even for the individuals and we organize the license and even the seminars for them to let them know okay what is a web three what's the fundamental of the web for the so web three project how they can to say okay this project is good or this project is not good to let yeah, them yeah, yeah. know what this kind of a thing and by the license different kind of the seminars is kind of the thing and then if they want to build their projects okay maybe we can help them to build it all kind of the thing to what's the elements for the one project what we want to build so yeah this is the thing what are we doing <laughs> i think yeah, i think it's exciting a, yeah, I think this is a uh, lot of the opportunities for both of us to keep the cooperation, to do it together. And even we have the lots of the friends, even the Chloe Web3 friends, even they are in Africa, even they're in um, US, different countries. I think all of, the, all of these kind of the friends, they keep doing this kind of thing. So yeah, yeah it's pretty exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's good to have that uh, have that community. Yeah, excited! Exciting to see where we're where we're at in one to two years from here. Yeah, and uh, thank you to be here. Thank you to share your was a, was a pleasure. Yeah, ex- uh, perspectives and ideas. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Impressive. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Thank you. Well, thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you, Jenny.